Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one tomato-filled minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us again today, we have Raiden from the Anglophies podcast. Hello. Hello. Um, and today we'll be talking about Minute 72, which starts with uh, that really pretty weather top at dusk shot and ends with the hobbits in a circle and that really menacing shot of a statue. Inside Weathertop. They all have their swords drawn. They finally have swords. They finally have swords. They finally have swords. I have some questions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Begin. Okay, so my first question is, how long has it been from Bree to Weathertop? They camped at least one night, right? Yeah. So, uh, in, in the book... I'm not sure exactly how far it is. Okay. It's at least a few days. At least a few days. So Aragorn has been carrying those swords <laughs> for those few days. Now finally is like, oh, by the way, here you go. I I finally trust you guys with this. Right. <laughs> not this to stab me in my sleep. probably a mistake. He has been hanging around Merry and Pippin for at least a couple of days. Yeah. Why would you ever trust those two with pointy sticks? Right. Let alone swords. Right. Yeah, it's got to be at least a, at least a day. Yeah. At least a day. At least two. We know or at least two. Because they camp one. Yeah. Hmm. And so it sure kind of seems like it was much longer. Also, where's Bill the Pony? Yeah. Did they leave him below? Did they? Where is they he? They must have. They must, they must have. have tied Bill up down below. Fortunately, the Nazgul were not interested in harming Bill the Pony. <laughs> they don't care about horses. You that's can tell some, by the by how the they state their of own. their own horses. That's yeah, some like exactly. continuity stuff, though. Like, where's Bill? Where's yeah, Bill? Sometimes where Bill's just important. Sort of they let him wander and graze. He'll be back by morning. Oh, horses he, are good for that sometimes. What if he gets eaten? Some of them. <laughs> yeah. some Bill of them is a scared so little pony from Bree. Yeah. <laughs> If he gets scared, he'll run home. To Bree. To Bree. To Bree. Well, then there, there goes all their stuff. Yep. Right. <laughs> like, it's a good no. thing he didn't do that before Aragorn gave him, gave them the swords. Right. Right. Man. Right. That's, that's true. I never really thought about that. Like, why didn't he give them these swords sooner? Because in the book, they have the swords before they meet Aragorn. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been a good opportunity to... Like give them the swords and Bree. Yeah. Before yeah. they leave. Before we leave, take these. Well, You're going to need them. Or even when there there's that shot of the the Nazgul and they all wake up. Yeah. And yeah. Like, Aragorn oh, here can, you go. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is what we're up against. Here's some swords. Here's some swords. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Here are some swords that can wound your enemies. Right. And you if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Right. Yeah. Pippin. <laughs> I just assume that Pippin is just the one who is most inept Aww. at this point. I love him. I love Everyone him very much. On him. <laughs> but also, like, Master and Commander came out, I think, the same year as Return of the King. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why? Russell Crowe, why are you letting Pippin steer the ship? That seems like a terrible idea. Is he in that? He's in that. He's the... Um, I want to see is the boatswain. Oh my god, I gotta watch Billy that. Boyd, isn't it? Yeah, you should I love watch Billy it. Boyd. I haven't yeah. seen it. I love Russell Crowe. That's another well, movie. Well, then this is a movie that is made for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to help. 
I love Good. having guests. I learn new <laughs> things all the time. <laughs> right? No kidding. Apparently, they got some guff from critics, nitpicky critics, for this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because tomatoes mm-hmm. and potatoes uh-huh. are New World crop. Yes, they are. Oh. Yes, they are. Well, this is this is the minute that I wanted this particular chunk of time for because one, when Cassandra was like, "Hey, who wants to guest?" It was lunchtime and I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm a food history nerd, and yes, if this is supposed to be a mythology of the prehistory of Britain, you're not eating tomatoes. Hmm. And Philippa is like, yes, we knew that when we were writing the script and we decided we didn't care, which that's legit, but also you're not eating potatoes or tomatoes. But if, okay, so if... Tomatoes. My tomato burst. Because Middle Earth is like, I mean, I know it's supposed to be primarily a mythology for Great Britain, but if it's like flat Earth to round Earth. Right. And And the continents get all like shattered and broken and spread up up again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's all very silly. It's all very silly. And tomatoes, tomatoes are delicious, but they are New World food. It's so true. don't have your Vikings eating potatoes, authors. Because they yeah. do not. That's no. true. They, uh, it makes me very what angry. root vegetables did Vikings eat? Um, Carrots? Parsnips? Carrots? I mean, it's... Turnips? Rutabagas? <laughs> I have a book. It's across the room. Um... But there is a very excellent book called An Early Meal, which is a survey of Viking era food. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I actually think I actually think that that's incredibly interesting as I'm a history <laughs> nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like we don't have any written cookbooks of Viking of the Viking era. Why but would we, we do know? Well, they were busy writing down other things. Yeah. Um, but we have cookbooks from different parts of Europe from roughly the same time. And we also know what foods we found in archaeological digs, which is not an exhaustive list of what people could have eaten because, like, fish bones degrade real quick. Right. And we also have some idea of what was growing and what was available in Scandinavia at the time. Um, so I think, if I'm remembering correctly, you might be looking at some turnips. Um, carrots... Farming is kind of difficult in Scandinavia sometimes. It's right. cold and rocky. It's cold and rocky, and there isn't. There's a very short, intense growing season. Yeah, and there's um, there's not that much fresh water in Scandinavia, is there? I mean, there's enough to support people. Yeah, but yeah. Hmm. But like irrigation, you can't do that. Yeah, and you're surrounded by salt water. You're surrounded by brackish water. The the Baltic Sea tends to be very kind of middling in terms of salt and freshwater content. Because hmm. um, it doesn't get a lot of salt water refreshing as all of the freshwater rivers empty into it. Hmm. That's cool. You learn new things all the time. Yeah. Geography and history is really cool. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? It is. And then you figure I... out what people are eating and what they're wearing and what they're doing. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so all these uh, all these in ruined shots are on a set, and then when you're looking away from Weathertop and other things, mm-hmm. they're like outside. Mm-hmm. So when they're looking down at the Nazgul, they're not even at the same place where they filmed the approach to Weathertop. 
they're just somewhere else that's kind of boggy and murky and they've got like the fog rolling in looking down at the Nazgul. That's, that's cool. a great shot. It is a great shot. I it, love that it, shot. It, it's funny because it is very similar in some ways to like shots of the pirates, the ghostly pirates and pirates oh, of the Caribbean yeah. walking through mist and water and stuff. Uh, which is funny for other reasons I've talked about earlier. <laughs> like the reason that the, the ghost guys in the third movie were cut was because Pirates of the Caribbean came out and Peter Jackson was just like, damn it. <laughs> so, as you, you know, do, as you do, you're like, oh, I record, I filmed that first, but their movie came out before mine. Right. Crap. <laughs> damn it. But we get in the extended and it's still cool. So all these, like, in-ruin shots are on set, including, like, the little cave that they're in mm-hmm. yeah. is a set that's not an outdoor location where Pippin gets ash in his tomatoes. Right. <laughs> and apparently Elijah Wood had to re-record his waking line. <laughs> what are you like, doing? What are you doing? Because the first time when he did it on set and the first couple times he recorded it, he sounded very American. Yeah. Which apparently also happened to Sean Astin to a line to the line get down somewhere in this movie. <laughs> get, where down! Like, get down. All y'all get down. <laughs> I imagine that that was a problem for several of the right. American actors here yeah. and there. I mean, I think Elijah Wood does a really convincing like there are there are like some lame British accents. Yeah. But mm. I would say that his is fairly convincing. So Sean Astin's. Yeah. Like they're. And they have to be because they talk right. so much. And they're the leads, so like right. they. <laughs> I mean, and it's just like uh, like Benedict Cumberbatch or you, Laurie, having to stay in an American accent for right. something. Mm. Like I find that really impressive. Yeah, especially like, especially those two British British actors in particular keeping their American accent mm-hmm. through the whole film. Because if you weren't looking at the screen, you wouldn't have ever guessed that Benedict Cumberbatch was Doctor Strange if you were just listening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It works considerably less in um, uh, Black Mass, the movie about Whitey Bulger, where Benedict Cumberbatch is playing Whitey Bulger's brother, Billy Bulger. Mm-hmm. His Boston accent was oh, not God. good. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but now I'm curious. Oh, man. I don't know if I want to hear a butchering of a Boston accent. I mean, that's kind of what a Maine accent is. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) I hear that every day, so I don't need to hear that in a movie. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. It's... I mean, Billy Bulger had a kind of mumbly accent, but Mm -hmm. my roommate at the time who went to the University of Massachusetts, Boston when Billy Bulger was the president of UMass Boston, oh. wow. was like, nope, that's not what he sounds like at all. <laughs> Benedict right now sounds like he just had tooth surgery and doesn't understand how his mouth works anymore. <laughs> it was, it Maybe was I rough. need to do this. <laughs> oh boy. That sounds, that's really funny. I think that this minute's kind of funny, like yeah. the beginning of this minute. <laughs> yeah, this oh, yeah. It, it always it always makes me laugh. Like the the line that wakes up Frodo is "My tomatoes burst." 
that's such a random observation to make. Like, yes. you'd think that you would slice the tomato first before frying it. And then, yeah, and then the way that Mary responds is like he thinks Frodo said, what are you cooking? Yeah. Not what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> tomatoes, <laughs> potatoes, crispy bacon. <laughs> we no, saved some for you. sausages, nice crispy bacon, which my mom made me for breakfast once. Yum. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny. He's like, "What are you doing? Uh, what am I cooking? Uh, breakfast. What do I have? Breakfast. Uh. What do you want from me?" <laughs> and then he just like slaps the plate that Sam tries to hand him and stomps on the fire. That must. Oh, hurt. that's nice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That must really hurt to step out of fire with your bare foot. But I mean, maybe if you're, maybe not if you're a hobbit I mean, and I you know literally you have, have never had shoes on your feet. Like calluses, but still, there's only so much a callus can do when you step on a hot coal. I mean, we're not people, hobbits. People walk on fire. Yeah. On it always makes me, like, cringe because I'm just like, oh, God, that must hurt. I mean, there's, there's in, in a way, there's a trick to that, but. Hmm. The hobbits know. The hobbits know. <laughs> the hobbits know. I'm sure hobbits can walk on hot coals. Well, Definitely. I mean, clearly, just, just go for it. Go for a little walk, and and then yeah, what I have to wonder is, did Elijah like hurt his feet doing this? How did they do that? Because it's it's a real fire and the foot's going in it. Yeah. Right. So like, I that would have to really... assume no, because they tell us all of the other times they injured their feet. Yes. So so it must have been okay. Yeah. Well, you don't really. You don't see because you only see his foot stamping on the fire, right? You just don't just see a the couple seconds, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's just like a foot, <laughs> like a foot on a yeah. stick. Yeah, just you know, poking it out. Oh, that's nice. It's so funny. <laughs> Pippin Billy Boyd's voice is just funny. What? It's just it's, it's so wonderful. he's so good at like sounding so shocked. Yeah, and so indignant. Yes. And it, it just makes all those, like, comedic beats that much funnier. Because it's so sharp. Right. Yeah. I think it's wonderful, personally. <laughs> it is. It well, is. Well, I think they're still, like, they're still acclimating to what is really happening. Like, how dangerous this is. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, well, you know, it's dinner time. We've got to make dinner. Mm -hmm. And Frodo really is the only one who's just like, what? Why did you light a is, fire? Yeah. <laughs> On top of a, a hill. Now it's like a lighthouse for literally everyone around. Yeah. Right. For miles. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, want Nazgul? I think this this, this is how you get is Nazgul. The, of the process of Mary and Pippin, especially, but also Sam, who I think knows that this is not the safest thing he's ever done, but hasn't quite. It hasn't internalized to him. Yeah. What well, like, Sam is, him? like... Right, but, like, Sam is contextually, like, a lower-class hobbit, and mm -hmm. so he's just going along with right. the people higher up the social chain than him. Right. Oh, that's true. Because even if he knows better, he's gonna, Right. Because Marion... He's Pippen. not going to question them. Right. Because they're still of a higher class than he is. Yeah. Mm yeah. I wish the movie like illustrated that a little yeah. bit more. That's like, I understand why they didn't, but Well, yeah. Cuz just... you're making it more accessible by not talking about that. Right. But it's I don't know, it's like a, an important theme, I think, in the general work. Like Yeah. I mean, it's never 
And I mean, it's never gone out of the way and like super duper highlighted in the book either, really. Yeah, but it's there. But it's there. It's there for my English major love and butt to pick out. And right. <laughs> because, you know, Sam is a working class blue yeah. collar hobbit. I don't know. I love their friendship. I just wish it was like a little more. It was illustrated. I wish they illustrated better in the movie that their friendship is a little more taboo. Right. Than it. Because it's not because it's not a friendship on equal terms. Yeah. Mm hmm. But I don't know if I have anything else. I'm just complaining. I mean, now. And I think that I, I think that leads to some people kind of interpreting the way Frodo's affection towards Sam as not as legitimate. It's him looking at someone of a lower class than him and feeling like pity. Like, oh, that's cute. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's one way to look at that relationship Aww. with that context. Boo. Or you take it to you know the British class system level and it, it's less pity and more noblesse oblige yeah uh, yes and like this is it's frodo's responsibility to look after his is not what's the opposite of betters it's been a long day you guys <laughs> <laughs> we know what to, you mean to, yeah. to look after the underprivileged yes yeah. yes especially those that look to him so, like, Sam isn't exactly his tenant, but is still one of one of his people. Like, one of his household. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Still a person in his care. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. All right. So, I think that wraps up today. You can find us on DuelingGenre.com. Email us, contact at LordOfTheRingsMinute.com. We're on Twitter at LOTRMinute. Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a listener page as well as a listener group. Um, uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, as well as check out our other podcasts on dueling genres, such as The Doctor's Companion, Back to the Future Minute, Geek by Night, and Harry Potter Minute. We have a Patreon page, which you can access from duelinggenre.com support, as well as a one-time PayPal donation button and merchandise. Um, thank you again, Raiden, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good Tuesday. Bye. Bye.